One of the hardest things we can do in life is to let go. This sermon was preached at St Nicholas's North Lopham on the 6th of June 2021. You are listening to a sermon from the Pilgrim Path with your preacher Samuel S. Thorpe. May I speak in the name of God, who is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. A couple of months ago, I saw a short video of a monk called Father Giles, reflecting on his life as a monk at the Benedictine Abbey of Pliscarden Abbey. What he had to say left an impression upon me, as it resonated with some things which I had been processing over the last few months. He said, in the very calm and kindly manner that monks seem to have, Habere est habere, which means what you possess, possesses you. The less you've got, the more freedom you have. Um, and that's a freedom which is quite hard to acquire in some ways, because letting go of things is detachment is difficult, but it's essential for freedom, because as our lives go on, you have to let go of things. Maybe your memory, maybe your sight, maybe your hearing, maybe mobility. You've got to let them go, because one day you have to let go of your life. The ultimate impoverishment, but that's the only way to get to the freedom of eternal life. It will be tough, tough at times. Everybody's life is tough at times. But, as they say, the retirement benefits are out of this world. I wonder if you made the same connotations that I did when I first heard this reflection. When he began speaking of what you possess, possessing you, my mind was drawn to the physical items and tasks that make up our daily lives. My phone came to mind. The heating and utilities and the bills which come along with them also occurred to me. Along with bills come all manner of financial concerns, from pensions through to debts. There's a whole web of financial ties and burdens which we spend our whole lives trying to navigate as best we can. Within this logic, it's easy to see that the less you've got, the more freedom you have. Less bills equals less worries. I think we can all agree with that. However, he's right. Giving things up can be quite difficult, especially if we've worked hard for what we have. We may understandably be reluctant to let go. But Father Giles carried on with examples of what we might have to give up. Maybe your memory. Maybe your sight. Maybe your hearing. Maybe mobility. I don't know about you, but that really hit me. It shifted my perspective from thinking about the things which are in my life to my experience of life. Rather than pensions and mortgages, we're talking about our memories our senses and our abilities. Perhaps we could add to this list relationships and change, whether that be the impact which we've each felt of long-departed grandparents and parents, the loss which comes with the death of friends, siblings or even spouses. It's hard, 
very hard to view these losses as gaining freedom. Perhaps we feel fervently that we do not want to just let go of those whom we love and whose memories we treasure. Having watched as people decline towards the end of their lives, perhaps we feel we want to rage, rage against the dying of the light, to not go gently into that good night. Or we might feel that the world is no longer as we once knew it to be. Culture and technology have changed, and while we keep up as best we can, perhaps there's a fear that we might be left behind. Maybe we recognise that the church is no longer the heart and soul of the nation, of the community. Perhaps we're relics gathering dust in an old and curious building. I don't know what this brings to mind for you. I don't know what memory or fear it is which comes unbidden into your thoughts as you listen to me talking. But I do know what came to my mind when I first heard Father Giles speaking. And I'm going to be honest and share it with you now. You have to let go of things. Maybe your memory. Maybe your sight. Maybe your hearing. Maybe mobility. You've got to let them go. Maybe your sight. Following years of appointments and tests, in the summer of 2019, a genetic test confirmed a suspected diagnosis of Usher's syndrome, type 2. It's a condition which affects both one's hearing and eyesight. There are different combinations, but with type 2, your hearing is affected from birth, and remains as it is until it's affected further by age. My hearing loss is mild to moderate. As a child, it went undetected until my younger brother was born. His hearing loss is more severe than mine. I remember going to hospital with my toy Goofy, a Disney character, and he was given a fake hearing aid, while I was given my first pair of hearing aids. With them, my hearing is reasonably good, and combined with my reliance on lip-reading and the coincidental concealment by my long hair, many people never even realise that I am deaf. I wouldn't say that it's never bothered me, but having grown up with my deafness as a constant reality, it doesn't really impact me too much. However, with Usher's Type 2, while the hearing remains steady, the eyesight gradually fades from the peripherals inwards towards the centre. It's hard to know how long that process will take, but it's reasonable to expect that by my mid-fifties my sight will be much more limited than it is now. Presently, it's not so bad, though it has become bad enough that they no longer pass the DVLA requirements to be allowed to drive, which has been frustrating, as I loved driving and the sense of freedom which came with it. Maybe your memory. Maybe your sight. Maybe your hearing. Maybe your mobility. You've got to let them go, because one day you have to let go of your life, the ultimate impoverishment. But that's the only way to get to the freedom of eternal life. This hit me. This difficulty which I face is in a sense a lesson which I can learn from, something which can help me to prepare for that day which comes to each of us, 
the day of letting go of life as we die. This is a lesson which I found helpfully articulated by Father Giles, but it's also the very same lesson which we hear in our reading from Paul's second letter to the Corinthians today. Just before our reading starts, he sets it up by reminding them that it was God who said, Let light shine out of the darkness, and has given us his Holy Spirit. Paul writes, We are afflicted in every way, but not crushed, perplexed, but not driven to despair, persecuted, but not forsaken, struck down, but not destroyed, always carrying in the body the death of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may also be made visible in our mortal flesh. So death is at work in us, but life in you. For we know that the one who raised the Lord Jesus will raise us also with Jesus, and will bring us with you into his presence. Yes, everything is for your sake, so that grace as it extends to more and more people may increase thanksgiving to the glory of God. So we do not lose heart, even though our outer nature is wasting away, our inner nature is being renewed day by day. For this slight momentary affliction is preparing us for an eternal weight of glory beyond all measure, because we look not at what can be seen, but what cannot be seen. For what can be seen is temporary, but what cannot be seen is eternal. For we know that if the earthly tent we live in is destroyed, we have a building from God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. Forgive the long quote, but do you hear what Paul is saying? Yes, whatever it is that comes to mind as you reflect this morning, which you are afflicted by, perplexed by, struck and bruised by. It is difficult. Yet the gospel of Christ is not one which shies away from this difficult reality, but one which enters deeply into it and offers us the strength to not be crushed, the realisation that we are not forsaken, the resilience to not be destroyed. This is because Jesus has embraced our sin and our difficulties upon the cross and died our death for us. And just as he has died for us, so too has he been raised for us. And more than this, God will on the last day raise us to life once again so that no more will we experience our current temporary afflictions, but that we might glorify God and enjoy him forever. It is here that a common mistake occurs. People think that because if Jesus has identified with our sufferings and our difficulties, that he will take them away from us. More than this, if they aren't taken away, then we must be doing something wrong, as if we're not believing hard enough or somehow doing it right. It is true that God can and does heal people. I can testify to that in my own life. He can and does change people's lives. We can testify to that together. But the God who doesn't shy away from our difficulties doesn't abandon us to them. He joins us in them. 
More than this, in a very real sense, our sufferings and hardships share in his own. The grief we hold, the aches we have, and the fears which we feel, are part of what it means to carry the death of Christ in our bodies, so that he might be made visible by our lives. That is, as God has identified with us, so we too must identify ourselves with Christ, in suffering, in death, and in his resurrection to eternal glory. In a moment we shall experience that identification with Christ by coming to receive the Eucharist, to taste both the death of Christ and the promise of eternal life, so that we might be sustained in the weeks ahead as we face our own difficulties. For as Father Giles says, you have to let go of things. Maybe your memory, maybe your sight, maybe your hearing, maybe your mobility. You've got to let them go, because one day you have to let go of your life, the ultimate impoverishment. But that's the only way to get to the freedom of eternal life. It will be tough at times. Everybody's life is tough at times. But as they say, the retirement benefits are out of this world. Amen. Thank you.